This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. With hosts Mike Fusco and Ray Ramirez. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Ray. Good morning, everyone. Uh, We're live on Team Business. Ray Ramirez, I'm Mike Fusco, and this is TB number 34 with founder and chief sales strategist, Mr. Kevin Snow. Yep. Ray, what do we know about Mr. Kevin Snow? Well, just looking at his resume and whatnot, I mean, he's uh, definitely uh, made a career out of uh, maximizing opportunities in a variety of different, in, w- within different in- industries and different environments. So I'm kind of anxious to hear about, you know, what's he been doing and how, and how he's been um, practicing uh, his craft in this day and age as far as with COVID. Yep. Yeah. I think something, you know, he, he does a lot of work with the CRM yeah, implementation for businesses. That's something that's always at the forefront of, I think every small business owner or medium business owner, or even large business owner, you know, their strategy is what there's so many CRMs mm-hmm. yeah. and they're always, you know, there's, there's a lot of competition in that space about who has the best technology and who has the best interface and who can automate the best. And I'm interested to hear what he has to say about that. Um, email automation, all the automation that he uh, he focuses on. So yeah, and from a CR, CRM standpoint, just to, to your point, I mean, there's so many out there, and uh, one common denominator I see a lot of CRMs try to be is they're trying to be everything to everyone. Yep. Um, and so some doing better than others, but you know, we are, we're synonymous with uh, what Salesforce and whatnot. Yeah. That I nature, mean, but everyone knows those guys. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, I see more and more with, uh, CRM, you know, CRM companies coming out focused on specific industries. Yeah. You know, I know like in our line of work, you know, you have CRMs like better agency and agency zoom that focus specifically in insurance. Yep. You know, I know there's Salesforce. I think they, they've kind of taken the role of customizing for each particular industry that they focus in yeah yeah but there's more and more coming out now industry specific um you know with built-in automations and and systems Uh, i think something that's interesting about kevin too and i always love to have veterans in on but uh he's a veteran owned business uh and I, i look back here at his resume and he served u.s army u.s army yeah so always Proud to have a uh, veteran on. Yeah, that's awesome. South Dakota State University. What does what does that make him? Is, you, is that a Badger? No, not a Badger. No, Badger. You think it Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking, man, South Dakota. That had to be some rough winters. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're waiting for Kevin to join here. Uh, thanks for joining us on Team Business number 34. There he is. And Kevin just entered the lounge, I guess you can call it, right? Yeah. The guest lounge, the green room, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to bring him on here, and he's going to be full force ahead. Kevin, how are you? How are you doing today, sir? 
I'm doing awesome. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to have you on the show and uh, well, have a ton of questions to kind of pick your brain on. Cool. Excellent. Hopefully I have really cool answers for you today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about you already. So we, uh, we already gave the audience a little bit of a background on you. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. So tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, that's what we'd like to start with. And we know that you're a army veteran. Your company's yep. so a veteran owned business. It is time on target. I actually launched it back in 2010. Uh, and it was just a couple years after I joined the national guard and, uh, started doing all that stuff. Uh, I actually, uh, my background is all in sales, corporate sales, B2B, uh, technology-based stuff. So I sold long distance, uh, business class, wireless communications, Salesforce I sold for a while, uh, managed services, uh, security systems. If it had tech, I could sell it. And I actually launched Time on Target because I was... Uh, I was a director for a networking organization and I was really good at launching chapters and other regions were having me come in to train their team, how to launch big chapters and launch them quickly. And I needed a place to take the money. So I literally, I needed some way to accept uh, payments for services. So I launched time on target as a training company and I started doing that. I spoke at conferences, went to different organizations, and did the uh, did the, the teaching thing. And I taught people how to network and how to do sales stuff. And then I deployed, and I went over to uh, Kuwait and spent a year doing running missions into Iraq and some time in Afghanistan. And I came back, and I discovered I had absolutely nothing in my pipeline. I had no speaking gigs going on. I had no uh, no uh, prospective speaking gigs to talk to. I was like, "Oh crap!" Uh, I I just found the major flaw in my business model. It can't survive me being gone. So I I realized really quick after talking to a bunch of friends that I had a job, not a business, and. Uh, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through at some point in their development is they're like, wow, I've just really created me a job and it's, it's not actually a business. So I went through that, that phase of trying to really figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, you know, I had the option I could go back to the corporate world and do that thing. That option got thrown out really quick because I'd already discovered I was probably pretty much unemployable because of my expectations about how I wanted to run my life and then I could do the speaking thing or I could shift. And I made the decision to actually pivot my business from the whole speaking and training thing as the product to that being a prospecting tool and the actual product being consulting, where we would come in and we'd work with businesses to actually help them figure out how to fix their sales program. Or how to, for a lot of my clients, especially in the tech world, how do we launch a sales program so it works from the start and we don't have to figure out how to fix it later? And from there, I just started really niching down. I found out the parts of that that I really liked and the parts that really sucked and the ones that were bottlenecks for the company. And now, and over the last 10 years, we've really evolved from doing that whole launch process to really focusing on businesses, helping them publish and document a sales process 
And then how to use technology. So how do we add in email marketing? How do we add in the CRM? So it actually helps the process and it helps people sell faster. It just doesn't become another tool that takes time and people hate to use. Yeah. We, we talked about that a lot in the, in the, in the uh, intro, because, you know, in our day-to-day business, we've spent a lot of time implementing uh, a sales tool, sales technology to, you know, help our team uh, become better at what they do, more efficient, more productive. And we'll talk about that in a sec, but I got to ask you because, you know, in my past, I've, I've been a BNI member. I was a uh, chapter president at one point. And awesome. I want to know what you think about, I mean, I know that you, when you said that you were starting chapters before you deployed, you know, obviously you had great success with the organization, but I want to know what you think about the BNI model and the model of business networking and, uh, if it's sustainable for as we go forward here in the COVID times and whatnot. So um, in March of 2020, uh, me and actually one of my clients at the time, Donnie Bovin, we actually launched a networking organization uh, called uh, Success Champions Networking. And our goal was actually to fix all the stuff that screwed up with business networking. And there's, whenever we talk to people, the same things, people hate the same things about business networking organizations. They hit, hate the whole quota thing. They hate that they're treated like children or like, yep. come on, we're business owners. You know, um, they yep. hate that, you know, it's all focused on how many referrals can you pass and how many visitors can you have? And we're like, screw this. We want to do this better. And we want to do this the way a higher level networking, so I, you know, we love BNI, and we're never going to disparage them because they're they're awesome for training newbies. If yeah. people have no experience doing business to business networking, BNI is exactly where you need to go. Yeah. But the cool thing that we're doing that that wasn't something that BNI ever did was we're actually focused on our members and helping them figure out how to actually scale their business. Because I know I had members in the different chapters I was a member of when I was in BNI that would join and they'd, they'd get really good at the networking thing and be getting tons of referrals, but they had no clue how to scale their business. So they'd leave. Yep. Like, I'm getting too much business. I don't know what to do. I, I have to leave. Like, And that just never computed in my head. And I met, brought it up numerous times in my region. It's like, well, that's not what we do. We're, we're a networking organization. Well, that's something that needed to be fixed. So that's one of the things we fixed with Success Champions Networking is our focus is actually on training and scaling businesses and making sure that these people who are at a growth spurt know how to grow their operations to match how they're growing their sales. Yeah, I found that to be what you just said. Yeah, I think I spent three years in BNI. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it's the, the organization treats the people like they're kindergartners. <laughs> which I just, I can't stand that as a business owner. But um, beyond that, like you said, a lot of the people that came in and out of the chapter just didn't have great business experience running running and growing a business. I mean, they might've been good at their craft or what they did or their trade, but in terms of being sustainable, uh, just, it it wasn't there. But anyway, that's great to hear that you you guys, you know, fixed that solution. Uh, Ray, sorry, I'm going to go ahead and let you jump in here. No, Sorry I mean, for all the talking, man. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. I mean, uh, typically we start off these uh, episodes with uh, kind of taking a little step back and kind of before. I know, I know you're uh, you're a veteran, but 
what got you into the industry you're in now? I mean, what 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 kind of started this passion, that fire that that this is the direction you want to go with, with your career? Well, I've always been the tech guy and I loved, I'm a high C in the disc profile. So I need to know and understand why things work, how things work. And I need to know all the details behind stuff, which really screws up salespeople when they're trying to sell me because they're always trying to go for the clothes and I just have more questions and want, want to find out more. But I loved understanding the whole process thing. And early in my sales career, I really dove into how I sold and understanding how that process works and how that actually interacts with the with the buyer because they have a buying process and most salespeople completely forget about that and they just try to click off all their boxes and get the stuff done to get to this get to the yes but you know understanding how everything integrates together was really interesting for me and i love that so as i was going through the consulting thing and we'd go in and we'd help them write job descriptions do the hiring teach them how to interview teach them how to do training we did the whole thing we literally over six months helped them launch a sales team of three to five people i really discovered that i hated the interviewing part because yeah. it, was, it was so time intense. I was like, I can only have one client here. I'm like, this sucks. Oh, uh, but, so. I, but I loved working with them and helping them map out the process and talking to their clients and getting feedback about how their purchase went and what, what was going through their head. And that was really what caused me to keep niching down and really focusing on that piece. And then the ability to throw in the tech stuff is just a no-brainer for me because that's, you know, put me in front of a marketing automation tool and let me build out some campaigns. I'm like, give me a beer. This is my Friday night. I'm, I'm having fun. So, man, we got to talk. I, you and I got to talk, man, because <laughs> yeah. I have a lot. I, I'm obsessed with technology. And what, because uh, I got to ask you a couple things, but keep going. I'm going to jump back in here in a second. No, oh, go ahead. Interrupt with questions. Uh, <laughs> no, man. Like, otherwise, uh, we're going to forget. I've been obsessed with technology and uh, building a business on top of it. So I don't know if you heard of pipe drive, the CRM. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So we all, I've, I've, you've used, I've been a partner with them for a while. Yeah. So. so we use, we use pipe drive. That's our kind of our, that's our top level platform. But underneath that we use Infusionsoft to automate all the sales processes, use the emails, the text messaging, uh, the pipeline, and the, even the internal communication. But here's something I got to ask you. And here's something that I'm sure you come across not only with yourself, but your clients. What about the new, the shiny, the new shiny object? What about the newest, greatest technology that's come? Like, how do you stop people or yourself from wanting to replace everything they've done with this new, great, you know, tech platform that can solve all their problems? I, I think the key is asking the, the why question and continuing asking it till we get to the root of why people want to do it and really understanding for that whatever that new technology is you know is it actually a benefit you know it yeah. may be a benefit in a couple of years but is it a benefit right now are your clients going to utilize this technology to engage with you are you know like sms it, yeah. it's totally an industry-based thing some industries sms works fantastic for other industries it doesn't do crap and you really got to understand, it's going back to understanding your buyer and how they consume content and how they make decisions. Do they want you to communicate via SMS? Do they want you? I had someone ask me, can we communicate via WhatsApp? I'm like, 
is that a thing in the United States? I know what it is. I know it's huge in other countries. And that's like the main, you know, like Facebook messenger is for us. They use WhatsApp, but I'm like, is that really a business thing right now in the United States? And we had to have that conversation, you know, are your clients actually going to use WhatsApp? And for them, they're like, well, probably not. No. Well, then, then let's not waste time and money on it. And it's that having that outlook of understanding, you know, yes, it's cool. We want to be on the cutting edge, but is it actually going to get results is really that conversation that I have with my clients when they bring up the shiny object syndrome. What tools do you like the most? So uh, I have a few different CRMs that I love. Pipedrive is awesome for companies that are very activity based and they need to track, hey, we want to do X number of calls. We need to do next number of emails, you know, reach outs, all that stuff. It's awesome. Uh, if they are a data-driven organization, I love Zoho because mm-hmm. of the really customizable reports. You can really go in and build whatever yep. type of data you want out of it as long as you understand how their, their tables work. So that's really cool. Uh, and then there's another one that I wish had a partner program because I, I would sell the crap out of it. It's called Nutshell. Nutshell. Never heard of that one. Yeah, it's it's not widely known, but it's really based on process. And they've actually built into their CRM uh, check marks so that the salesperson, as they're getting ready to move them to that next stage, they can say, yep, yeah, I've done all these things. Oh, we haven't done this. It's not actually in that stage yet. So they're mm-hmm. able to build in those triggers that you create that, hey, here are all the exit criteria for stage one to move someone into stage two. So it really improves that forecasting capability for the CRM, which is always a nightmare for management. Yep. I could see that being uh, real good for like onboarding and stuff too. Yeah, show. definitely. Uh, and then on the automation side, I do a ton. I've done stuff with Infusionsoft. They're actually the first automation tool I ever used. Uh, but right now, the about 99% of my clients are all on Entreport. Yep. Hmm. Yep. I've heard of it. So, so do you use Zapier and do you use like in between yeah. products to kind of connect all the dots? Or? Yeah, we use Zapier. We enter, we connect with uh, Typeform, uh, Jotform, Google Forms, or not Google Forms, Google Sheets, a ton of stuff. So yeah, we use a I, we use a lot of Zapier. Yeah, so you you do it all, man. What industries do you focus in? So I have the when I started off, my main focus was tech firms because I understand this tech sales thing. I understand how not to sell the features and actually talk about end results and impacts. Uh, so that worked really great because I could help them fix that piece, which is something most tech firms are horrible at. Uh, but then I started doing a lot of stuff with uh, with coaches and consultants who okay. were growing that base and they were doing a lot of cool stuff with automation, but they didn't want to have this huge staff. And they're trying to do it all their own. They needed to, they're at that point where they're outsourcing. So most of my consultants are doing about 500,000 to a million in revenue. And they're at the point where, hey, we need to automate stuff and we really need help figuring out this, these things. And then I could come in and re- do some really cool things for them. Hmm. That's nice. So co- coaches and, and uh, uh, consultants. Yep. And then tech firms and still tech firms. love doing cybersecurity, managed services, software as a service companies. Totally fun to work with. Nice, man. Where do you, so with all the connectivity going on, you know, APIs and, you know, companies building out platforms to connect and have a real true tech stack, uh, where do you think the future of the connectivity is going? 
do you think it's going to be like a like a one out of the box type system that's going to handle everything or do you think companies are going to just partner more or what do you think where do you think that's going it's a great question yeah it is a really awesome question i think it the answer changes because it's really the cyclical thing. Because we went through a while where everyone was trying to be the one, uh, the one-stop shop for automation. We we can do your CRM, we can do your marketing, we can do all this stuff. Uh, and now we're starting to go back the the other way where people are trying to just be really good at something now. And I think I prefer that model. It's a little bit more pain for your IT and your actual automation team to make things work with the interconnectivity using Zapier or writing code. But it allows those products to be the best of what they do and to really focus on one capability. You know, I want my chatbot to be really good at chatbot stuff. Yep. I don't need them to be my CRM. You know, it's nice to be able to have some of that capability in there, but I want them to focus on being better chatbots. You know, I want my marketing automation, my process tool to be really good at automating processes, give me cool tools to keep those workflows going. Uh, And then my CRM needs to be really easy for my sales guys to use. So I am very much for having multiple tools that are best in class and then making them work together. And if you have a yeah. smart person, you know, like you or like me or someone else who can do that, it's going to be seamless for the client. Yep. The The issue with that comes in when the client tries to do it all themselves <laughs> and yeah. is not so good at that. Oh, no, I could see that being a real mess. <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've come in and cleaned up a few of those. I'm like, ooh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah, we will. Let's fix this for you. Yeah, man. I just, you know, like, <laughs> I'm sure you've done some unraveling. Um, keep on going, man. You're, you've got I know. This is <laughs> you got questions on this one, man. I'm, 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 I'm a fly on the wall here. Just listen, taking notes. We're, yeah, we're going to let the tech nerds just kind of geek out for a bit. And... Yeah, I could talk about this stuff forever, man. Seriously. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's, 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 you know, people think when they think automation, they automatically just think the email piece. Oh, but yeah. there's so much yeah. more to it for for sales and marketing teams to be able to run their organization effectively. You know, it's you know when I was working doing the consulting piece and going into fixing sales programs, one of the biggest complaints was always the sales manager asked for reports instead of went to the tool that was designed to get them and to create them on a, you know hit a button and oh look you have a new report. So it's really the the power of these tools for the businesses isn't just the the stuff it can do but it's the insight it gives them into their customer base, into their business, you know their performance. Yeah. And being able to, you know, the what we're working with a lot of my clients on now is cuz their their lists are getting big enough is the segmenting and really making sure that we are only sending content and engaging with people on stuff that we know that they click through. Yep. Yep. Which is really key. Most most small businesses use this like, oh, I'm going to do an email. We're going to send everyone in my list every email that I ever send out. Yeah. Yep. And then they and then they they're like, well, you know, why do we only have a 15, 20% open rate? It's like, yeah, because it's not your doesn't apply. It's not pointed. Yeah. Yeah. You're sending out crap. You know, yeah, you're yeah. sending stuff to people that don't want to hear about it. Yeah. No, man. That's that's absolutely true. And I know for us, like we have we have kind of our front end processes. You know, our sales process which doesn't really include much content delivery. I mean, it does include some like video and some educational pieces that it's kind of generic. And that's, I think that's what you're talking about. Once you get, you have to get pretty granular with it. Once they become a customer, you know, we really do some segmenting based on their industry, 
you know, mm -hmm. based on what type of content they can really use to help them. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, uh, I think people running an organization need to realize like it's not one size fits all. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. And even with the sales process, the front end sales process, there's some really cool stuff you can do with content to accelerate that process. But it's really understanding what your buyer needs yep. at different steps along the way. You know, what kind of information are they actually looking for so that you can serve it up to them instead of them going out and searching and making it easy for them to buy is what gets one brand selected over the other brand. Yeah, man, I think like for you, something I'm realizing as we talk uh, is that you can, you can kind of, you kind of, you incorporate not just the technology piece, but also you understand the strategy side. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is, is unique because like when you go out and get a software guy or someone to build or developer, I mean, they're really not like intuitive in terms of. Well, they're not sales. <laughs> no, they don't know how you're going to sell your, your customer yeah, product. Yeah, I mean, they no have idea. no clue. They just don't have the, that's not their. It's not in their DNA, really. Yeah. Yeah. And then vice versa, you go out and hire a sales guy to help with your sales strategy, and they have no clue about technology. They just don't, they don't think about it, you know? Yep. And for you, it seems like you bring to your client, like you can, you can bring it all in kind of in one deliverable. If I'm, uh, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. And that's really how, when we start working with a new client, we do go through the onboarding process. The first step is a 90 minute strategy session where it's really diving into how they sell or if we're coming and we've done onboarding, we've done a whole bunch of different process build outs for clients, but it's really coming and figuring out what that strategy is and figuring out what, what they're actually doing now and how, where their bottlenecks are, how it's impacting the people going through that process you know, if you're onboarding new employees, are you making it easy for them? Are they having that really great first ex experience with your company? If you're doing sales, it's understanding what questions are they asking and how do we make it easier for the salesperson or the business owner to get that info to them and to manage that sales cycle. But, you know, it, you can't just build in a box. You just can't come in and, and give them a you know, here is a sales process. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that's what happens right now with a lot of, if you're on Facebook at all, the all the internet gurus for sales, it's like, hey, here's a process. And they're selling it to 500 people or more. And then everyone's trying to use that one process. Yeah. yeah. I had a, and, and the same happens with the automation because they give them all now these email templates. And I had to explain to a client, I'm like, no, we're not using any of the templates you just paid $1,500 for because they're all going to get marked as spam. Right. Because the the internet all talks to each other. Yeah. All the email providers know, oh, look, there are a thousand people sending the same email with like 10 different words and that's spam. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be unique. It has to be, yeah, you know, original. Exactly. Um, yeah. I read about this stuff and constantly, man. And uh yeah, I think what you said before about best in class for each particular tech piece is 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 crucial. You know, I think that uh, people sell themselves short or businesses sell themselves short if they try to just have one one system that's going to help them do everything. And uh, going back to chatbots, hmm. how far along have chatbots come? Because I've I've experimented with them in the past and they really weren't quite there yet. And I think because they weren't able to retrieve data. I've seen chatbots now that can retrieve data on customers and kind of 
you know, ask customers direct questions about, is that what they're kind of bring up in the customer, you know, their account information or whatever it may be yeah. to help them through the process. But do you think that's again, like custom development that you need, or do you think companies are coming more further along with being able to deliver that? Uh, just they're getting, they're getting better at being able to actually utilize data and be able to interconnect with other systems. Uh, your chatbot's never going to be your primary data source, but it needs to be able to access your primary data sources. And they're getting much better at that. And the, the, the things I love using chatbots for is uh, targeted posts on social media and being able to, when you do the post and you want people to opt in by commenting on the post. Okay. And you can set the chatbot up to watch specific posts and for when people do uh, say the certain word, the, you know, the phrase wow. in the comment, oh. then it'll, it'll automatically message them and say, hey, here's your free thing. Really? And it'll wow, start that even... conversation. Yeah. So it's things like that that are really cool that allow you to do some, something on your marketing and your front end, your engagement piece, but then you don't have to do all the back end. Yeah follow up on it and then that pushes all that information into your automation tool and now you're sending them the drip campaign to match what the free thing that you just gave them so it's super so, super specific yeah wow. so it, it's cool stuff like that that i like using them for if you are really good at programming the chatbots, you can set them up to have those really cool conversations on the back end before you send them to a real person yeah but it's again you got to know what your clients are asking right so it's got to be a you can't just do that as your first customer service program it's got to start with the contact us page and the email where you can start tracking all right here are the questions that my clients ask us all the time when they contact us on the website and now you build those in as options for your chatbot yeah and then you keep adding on those layers yep it's it, and that's the issue with a lot of the really bad uh, chatbot deployments is that people started, but they don't have anyone working on it. They don't keep adding content and making it better and improving and taking information of what they've learned and improving their systems around that. They just threw it out there. It's like, oh, we have a chatbot. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're cutting edge. I, no, yeah, you're, no, you're it's not. not. <laughs> I've done, I've done, I've made that mistake. I've used Intercom and Chatter and all the you know the chatbot technologies. And you're right. And it, it takes you can't just put it out there and leave it. It's not going to yep. work. And really, like, uh, I realized I actually no longer use it because I wasn't getting very good conversions on it. Like, people weren't even using it. So I was spending yep. money to put it out there and for no reason. But you're right. I mean, I think if if you understand, you know, what you want to accomplish with the chatbot, frequently ask questions, you know, that same 10 or 15 questions you get yep. all the time, and the bot can do it for you and answer it, you know, in a great way and deliver it to the customer in a great way. I think chatbots are really great for consumer, for business to consumer sales, where it's people make instant choices and they want to help with something. They got to ask questions and they can click buy. It's not as effective for conversions on B2B, but it is really for B2B is really effective for customer support. I get annoyed now when I have a software system that I'm using that doesn't have live chat. Me too. That I can't chat in and either it points me to the right knowledge base article or it gives me a real person. Yeah. I'm like, how do you not have chat? 
why do I still have to send an email and wait 24 hours? I'm working on this now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and man. I need my, in- I need my instant gratification yeah. when I'm, when things are broke. So do you build, do you help customers install chatbots? I will. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, it's not my key big focus, uh, but I do, I have some experience with a couple different ones that I've used in the past that we can do stuff with and get them in, integrate and go. If it's going to be a really in-depth deployment, I, I have a couple buddies that are really, that's what they do and I'll bring them in. Okay. So tell us what your ask is. And I know that I'm going back to our BNI days, but tell us when you, <laughs> when you're talking to your audience and you people are listening, what, what is, what, who's your ideal consumer or, I'm sorry, customer. Yeah. Who's your ideal my, client? I, my ideal client is a business owner that is working 80 hours a week and needs to figure out how to start offloading stuff. And they need to figure out how to scale and they need to document processes and build out processes in their business. Because there's a lot of stuff that we can do for companies that will allow them to offset the hiring by X number of months because we can automate it for them and we can help them take back their time. So now they can go out and sell more to pay for the employees that they need to hire down the road. So business owners, uh, ideally 150,000 in a revenue or up that really is industry specific. Uh, that are struggling with time management and trying to figure out how to scale their business. Now, what about the people that are listening and saying, well, you know, I have, I already have some things in place, but they're not real great. And I don't even understand what's going on in the background and I need to figure this all out. Like, will you come in, help them consult, figure it all out for them and then maybe tweak it or rebuild it? Yep, totally. I've had a few clients who have come and most of my clients have some sort of email thing already that we're going to look at and then transition them into a little more powerful tool because everyone starts out with the MailChimp or Constant Contact or you yeah. know, Drip and they're like, oh, I have email and so I'm going to do newsletters. Uh, yeah. But we tr- get them into like an Infusionsoft or an Entreport where we can actually do some really cool automation yeah. and some segmenting for them and actually make it generate revenue. So yeah, we'll totally come in and look at what all you had, tell you what's working, what's not, and yeah, and help you rebuild it and redesign it. Cool, man. That's great. Good stuff. How do how do people get in touch with you? Uh, easiest way to is shoot me an email. Uh, Kevin dot snow at time dash on dash target dot com. Here on the screen, and just have them. Uh, mention that they heard me on uh, the podcast. Yep, I'll have them on Team Business. Yep, on Team Business. And then uh, we, we can totally set up a time to chat and I can answer their questions and see if I can help them out. Where are you located, Kevin? I am in Minnesota. I live about an hour north of the Twin Cities. So, But I work all over the country. I have clients on the East Coast, West Coast, and Texas. So I've even done a couple clients in Australia. Nice. Nice. So and that, is that, uh, that cap like a racing cap brickyard is that anything to do with that or yep brickyard 500 yeah. i got it when i was i was in uh indiana for a uh, uh army training and we had a day off so we went to the brickyard nice. for, to spend our day so yep so picked up the cat there and nice man good stuff cool uh awesome kevin well anything else we can that you'd like to say uh parting words as we as we conclude 
I, I think the parting wisdom I always leave people with automation is that you start small, just get one thing. You know, a lot of business owners will go and they'll have these grandiose visions of what they're going to do. But that takes time to implement. It takes time to make, you know, to get results from. The best thing is just start with one thing. Yep. One yep. item that you want to automate that's going to free up an hour on your calendar and then add to it and just grow from there. But pick one thing that's going to make you more effective, automate it, and then and then enjoy the, the hour you've reclaimed and then go do more stuff. Yep. No, I agree. I, I can't. I second that because from my own experience, but also from experience of colleagues or clients, if you try to do too much at once, you're not going to get anything done. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, number two, like you need to build that foundation and then just continue to build on top of it. And that's for any, that's automation is, you know, building a campaign, letting it run and then seeing how it worked out, maybe tweaking it and going on to the next. But Kevin, you've yep. been awesome to talk to man. I mean, uh, you know, this is for people listening and watching. This is the, I mean, this is the future's now. Yeah. And one of my friends who uh, speaks a lot in front of other industry owners and uh, co at conferences says his, his slogan is implement or die. And uh, I know that might sound harsh, but it's true, man. I mean, I don't care what type of business you're in. Uh, you need to be able to find ways to be more efficient, more productive, use your labor time more effectively by taking some of the monotonous and revenue non-generating tasks off their plate but also to deliver it in a, in a way that the customer still has a great experience yep. and uh but you know find ways to be more you know it's we're in a, an age where uh others are going to do it and they're going to do it better than you so yep. you need to catch up to that and uh exactly exactly and that kind of came from the through that whole COVID period too, of people literally had to reimagine how they were selling yeah. and they couldn't have the face-to-face in-person connectivity and they couldn't go prospecting the same way. So they had to find better ways to communicate and, and automation was a huge play at that point. And a lot of people implemented it that hadn't implemented it before because they discovered, wow, we need to join the digital age. Yep because we need to have these multiple channels that we're connecting to our audience. Absolutely, man. And uh, Kevin, thanks so much, man. You've been awesome. And uh, Kevin Snow, kevin.snow at timeontarget.com. There's dashes, time-on-target.com. Uh, if you guys uh, want to get in touch with Kevin, but you forget his email or somewhere, reach out to Ray or I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike at foagency.com, Ray at foagency.com. Hit us up through our social media platforms are on YouTube and we'll connect you. Kevin, thanks again for your time. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was an awesome conversation. I had a blast. Yeah, we, so did I. So, uh, we'll hopefully have you on again soon, man, to talk about the next I great love, platform. I <laughs> would love to be back anytime you want. Perfect. Have a good one, Kevin. Cool. You too. Thank you guys for joining.